What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for everyday life. I'm Toshiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross. What is discipleship? Have you ever wondered how to do holistic discipleship? Why does discipleship matter in our culture? In this series, Discipleship You 101, we will hear from urban women Bible teachers doing real-life discipleship in the urban context and are ready to bring us on in with truth and practical knowledge. Grab your tea, your coffee, and some paper, because this series is going to bless your whole life. Welcome Welcome to to the Urban Urban Christian Christian Woman. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. What's up? What's up? What's we up? We are here in the Discipleship 101 series. Yes, and it's been good. It's been so good. Mm-hmm. So today we have the privilege of having Sister Christiane Yabwile on the podcast. Yes. And Christy is the editor of His Testimonies, My Heritage, Women of Color on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. She is an instructor at the Charles Simeon Trust and is a founding member of the Pelican Project. She has written contributions for many biblical devotions and publications. Her work can also be found at the Front Porch, the Gospel Coalition, Desiring God, Revive Our Heart. Y'all, she's all over the place. She is a pastor's wife. In a good way. In a good way. In the best way. Like as in, if you haven't heard from her, you've been under a rock. That's right. (laughs) Meet her in this time, in this culture. She is a pastor's wife and has been married almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. They have three children and you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Christy, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here with you. The privilege is truly ours. It really is. So today we're going to be diving into biblical discipleship, discipling the Mm -hmm. urban woman. Yeah. And Christy, we really were excited to have you sort of crack this open for us because of just your legacy and your life and your ministry of discipling in the urban context. Right. And in particular, Leah and I were at a conference at the Gospel Coalition Conference. And you see women. Yes. And she taught on this very topic at the conference. And so we were like, that's a dream. That's, That's a dream to have her come shepherd us urban women. We're going to let her use her voice. So it is a gift to have you yeah. here to help lay the foundation and build some of this, bibli- build the biblical framework yeah. for mm-hmm. the rest of this series around biblical discipleship and discipling the urban woman. So in your words, um, through the scriptures, what is biblical discipleship? And then where did you first dis- first encounter discipleship in your life? Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you other people's definition. First of all, thank you so much for coming to the conference and coming to listen to that talk. It It is one of those topics that uh, is just near and dear to my heart. And I'll share a little bit about that in a second with my own story. But uh, but yeah, thank you for engaging in that way. Uh, so I'm going to give a couple of other people's definitions of discipleship first, okay. and then I'll share mine. That's kind of a mesh of the two. So okay. um, one pastor, there's a there's a book, a really good book. It's short too, super short, called Discipling. Mm-hmm. And it's written by uh, Pastor Mark Dever. Mm-hmm. And in his book, he describes or defines discipleship as doing deliberate spiritual good to help someone else follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So doing deliberate spiritual good to help someone else follow Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like his broad-based definition of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And if you think about in the context of uh, women in particular, uh, dear older saint, sister uh, Susan Hunt, she um, said in her book, Spiritual Mothering, that that she calls it spiritual mothering instead of mm-hmm. discipleship. But it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, mm-hmm. same thing. So, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's mentoring, discipleship, mm-hmm. spiritual mothering, mm-hmm. all the same. Mm-hmm. So she says that it's when a woman possessing faith and spiritual maturity enters into a nurturing relationship with a younger woman in order to encourage and equip her to live for God's glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, What I love about um, those two definitions is, you know, there's just a connection of, you know, people Mm -hmm. talk about life on life, Mm -hmm. not discipleship. Mm -hmm. So um, there's intimacy, there's Mm -hmm. um, a kind of 
walking alongside yeah. that yeah. is sort of the crux of biblical discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so I love the end of Susan Hunt's definition where she says in, that the goal in order to encourage and equip her mm-hmm. to live for God's glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my, you know, the way that I think about biblical discipleship is just that it is deliberately taken from the first definition, mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. alongside another sister mm-hmm. to encourage and equip her um, to live the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And um, I see a lot of friendship sort of implicit in discipleship. And mm-hmm. in other words, like I don't, I can't disciple somebody I'm not friends with like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like some people mm-hmm. say oh I'm discipling her we're not friends we're just in a discipling relationship and I'm like well how mm-hmm. can that be a relationship I don't mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it's not the pattern in scripture which I'll share that in come a on now yes you but, got to but so I think for me discipleship is deliberately taking another sister um you know under your wings and growing together uh, encouraging and equipping one another mm-hmm. in the Christian life. Some people think of discipleship as, well, you know, and and I and I believe that this is true that any you know anytime you have a dynamic where there's someone who is more mature, whether or not they've been a Christian or a long time, a long time, like you can disciple one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. in other words, age doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Age ain't nothing but a number. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And we probably don't have time to delve into this a whole lot, but I think Mm -hmm. there can be an argument made from scripture, particularly 2 Timothy, I believe it is, where Mm -hmm. age does matter. Mm -hmm. And I think, so my perspective is it's not so much, so what the way tradition, you know, the I won't say tradition, modern thinking is, Mm -hmm. is, you know what, if we're both 30 years old, and I've been a Christian for 15 years and you've been a Christian for five years, then the more spiritually mature person is the one who's been a Christian the longest mm-hmm. 15 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I kind of flip that upside down. Like well, if you're you 60 that years old us here. Mm-hmm. and if you're a 60 year old woman, 50 year old woman, mm-hmm. and you just came to Christ two years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're walking alongside a 30 year old woman who's been a Christian for 15 years. Yeah, your lived experience as a 50 year as an older woman, your lived mm-hmm. experience as an older woman, now being placed under the banner of Christ mm-hmm. and His Lordship. Yeah, is of far greater value than the mere fact that someone is else has been a Christian a longer time. Yeah, that's my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I think we devalue um, lived experience and mm-hmm. we devalue how you, the upside down nature of the kingdom, that all mm-hmm. the stuff that you might have gone mm-hmm. through over those years of not being a Christian. Mm-hmm. And now you get to flip your experiences and see them as God's grace to you, God's gifts to you. Yeah. To help you in the discipling of other women. Mm-hmm. That goes Think about how many times yes. you ain't never heard an, old, an older saint. Like I never heard my grandma. My grandma was a hundred and some years old when she passed away. Mm-hmm. Never heard her use the word discipleship, mentoring, never. nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But we shut corn. We snap yeah. peas. Come on. Come. Mm-hmm. We string, string beans. She showed me how to, you know, mm-hmm. make homemade biscuits and cut mm-hmm. chicken, fry fish, you know, like yes. we yes. did all the things. And all she was doing is living her life helping me to learn just Mm -hmm. practicals of life. Mm -hmm. But in it all, I'm learning about the Lord and his ways. I'm Mm -hmm. learning about perseverance. I'm learning about like so Mm -hmm. many things that she went through in her life that are now, you know, she's viewing them from a different lens, from the lens of being a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that has had huge impact on my life as a Christian. Um, even though in some ways people might think that I would have been more spiritually mature because I know big words and I know mm, yeah. famous people and yeah. you know, like Come those on. kinds of things. That doesn't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have my Facts. grandma who's lived a whole life now. Yeah. And and she's saying, you know, and she, my grandma literally said this. She said, All that learning will make you crazy. So <laughs> of the of the reading of many books, there That's is no truly end. a grandma phrase. <laughs> you know? I love yeah. it. Mm. <laughs> you know, well, here's and so 
Anyway, I'm I'm rambling on, but I'm I'm, trying to make the point that discipleship, I think we really need to think about it in this day and age, because there's so many church plants, so many young churches, so -hmm. many people who don't have like those older uh, women who are connected to them in the church, but they're around, they're living in your house, they're in your neighborhood, you know, they help raise you, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things and not to discount those means of grace that God has given us when we think about discipleship, even though we still want to be finding ways to grow, you know, you know, have a plethora of ways in which we grow in our discipleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm glad you said that because, um, I was, I was thinking about that, um, the other day in regards to this conversation and the fact that, um, we discredit that and we use almost the the Christian resources that we have as a form of discipleship. But it's it, we have to be careful and cautious mm-hmm. to not to not do that, just to be yeah. honest. Like you need someone walking alongside you hand in hand <laughs> to 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 say like listen hey you're going down a path of folly yeah. you, you yeah, know yeah. like no book is going to tell you mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. nobody's talking back to you you just read mm-hmm. you just yeah. you know you're 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 ingesting mm-hmm. you're ingesting a lot and um for this generation i believe that's that's a huge yeah. factor you know mm-hmm. and here's the thing what i love about your ministry and your podcast and your resources is that you are keenly focused on the urban christian woman mm-hmm. and in many urban contexts you know they're not necessarily going to um you know in many urban contexts they're not going to be maybe as the resources are not going to necessarily be contextualized mm-hmm, uh, yeah. for you. Yeah. And so you got to go talk to your grandma. You got to go mm-hmm. talk to your auntie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you got to go talk to those older saints that we have access to. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have at this point the plethora of written resources. Our tradition is very oral. So whether yes. you're talking about the African-American yes. tradition, whether you're talking about yes. the Hispanic tradition, right. whether yes. you're talking about the Native tradition, yes, our um, a lot of the things that we learn come through oration. They come mm-hmm. through conversation. They come through lived history. And I think, you know, just the uniqueness of your ministry um, allows us the opportunity to really lean into those areas, you know, those resources as well, like mm-hmm. living, breathing resources that we can go to for Christian discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the the fact that just within the context of discipleship, cultural context is not only important, but it's a gift because you have sort of a, a framework of mm-hmm. those that the Lord would allow you to disciple and what it actually means to connect with where they are in the space yeah. they are in order mm-hmm. for it to really be fruitful. So, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And you, you've already tapped on this a little bit, but give us um, the biblical framework that you've seen through scripture for discipleship. Yeah, that's good. I, I love this. So um, there are a few passages of scripture that are always echoing in my mind in regards to uh, discipleship. And I think they kind of help set up uh, the biblical framework for it. First is Jesus's own words in John 15, 15. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'll just go back to verse 12 in chapter 15. He says, this is is my commandment that you love one another as Mm -hmm. I have loved you. Mm -hmm. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Mm -hmm. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, Mm -hmm. no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Why? For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that end of that verse Uh, That passage I just read Mm -hmm. um, where Jesus says, no longer uh, do I call you servants, I call you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm -hmm. So I think one part of the biblical framework for discipleship is we have to be learning from the father by being in the word of God ourselves and being ready to share the things that we've learned with others. Mm-hmm. And so the thing, and I, for me, and this kind of goes a little bit to my story is I didn't have 
women early in my Christian life that I would consider kind of intentional, mm-hmm. deliberate mm-hmm. disciples, um, mm-hmm. mentors, whatever you want to call it. And so I felt like I had to do a lot of on the job training, <laughs> like, mm. you know, like for some reason, people started asking me, hey, will you mentor me? That was mm. the word we were using back then. Mm-hmm. And I know what that meant, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but in terms of like what I was supposed to do. And so I just felt like I was trying to figure it out as I mm-hmm. went along. And mm-hmm. part of that, I think, is good and godly. Like mm-hmm. every, So I was like, you know what? I don't know what that means, but here's what I was studying in my quiet time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and here's yeah. how it impacted my life. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to talk about that, yeah, mm-hmm. we can talk about that. Um, and I think that is that is, a, that is a part of it, right? It's the mm-hmm. things that we're learning, that we're hearing from the Father, that we make it known to others. Mm-hmm. We raise them up. It's what you do with your children, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's what uh, we do every day um, in, in other kinds of contexts and um, even more so when it comes to God's word. So I think part of the biblical framework is just that, that this, there's, this, there's this friendship element Mm-hmm. And a good friend is going to share, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to share all kinds of things, right? You're telling that to my four-year-old, like, like come on. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. Friends share. It's a, yes. <laughs> it's a learned discipline, but yeah. we do learn it. And so as friends sharing the things that we learn from the father, that's what we want to share. We want to share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. The second scripture that I often have rolling around in my head in regards to discipleship is Philippians 4, 9. Mm. And there it says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things Mm. and the God of peace will be with you. So not only is discipleship the uh, di- directional where the mentor or the discipler is passing on what they learned to the disciplee. But here in this passage, Philippians 4 9, you have the disciplee learning and hearing and um, seeing yeah. from the, you know, from their discipler. And then they're going to practice those things. Mm-hmm. So it's bi-directional. As mm-hmm. someone who's discipling others, I want to pass on what I'm learning. But as someone who is being discipled, I want to learn. I want to hear. I want to mm-hmm. see those things mm-hmm. um, that are coming from the person who's discipling me. And mm-hmm. I want to practice what I see. I want to be. You want to as a as a as a person seeking uh, discipleship. You want to find somebody that you can mimic. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that you're like, man. Like that's the kind, I want to be that kind of old lady. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I want to be, we do it mm-hmm. all the time in an unhealthy snare of compare kind of way. Facts. Right? So facts. I'm not talking Ooh. about that. I'm like not talking that. about like looking at someone's life and, and, and sinfully mm-hmm. envying yes. and, yeah. and holding jealous, you know, yeah, covetousness, all of that. Covetousness. Yeah. I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm just saying, you know what? The way she just, got down on her knees Mm. and looked at her son face to face and Mm. held his hand as she Mm. talked to him, as she corrected him. She didn't yell, you know, she didn't embarrass him in public. Like, I want to be that kind of mom. Mm -hmm. I want to be that mom Mm -hmm. who knows how to talk to my child and, you know, not exasperate my children. Yes. You know, learn how to not do that, right? Yes. Or you see, you know, an older saint and, you see the sisters standing in, and this is giving me chills thinking about it, mm. you know, when the capital is under attack and mm-hmm. she falls to her knees and begins Ooh. praying out loud. Like I, that right there, I want to be that kind of put me, Yeah, put me on the hook. Yes, let me tell I you. I want to be, be the person who instinctively in a, yes. in a fearful um, kind of um, emergency situation mm-hmm. i want to be the person who says you know what the first thing i need to do is pray and be a straight public witness that yeah. i'm crying out to jesus yeah that wasn't her goal she wasn't even trying to right. like yeah. in public right. or be yeah. seen that yeah. was instinct that came from the holy spirit yeah. that was nothing yeah. 
what was yeah. in her came out. Came and out. I, yeah. Yeah. I want to be mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, I don't mm-hmm. feel any sinful motives in my heart when I yeah, say right. that. Yes. I just see a good godly yeah. example yeah. that I would like to follow. And I think it's almost like the Holy Spirit in you compels you towards those examples yeah. because yes. it resonates, right? Like this is what it means mm-hmm. to commune with the God that we know. Yeah. Yeah. This is yes. what it means to yeah. be in that type of intimate right. fellowship with yes. God. And, and and seeing that person saying, I want to be that, is yeah. not saying I yeah. want to be you. Yeah. It's saying, right. I want to have that kind of relationship yeah. with God. That's right. right. Yeah. I yeah. want Jesus Amen. like you, mm-hmm. like you have Jesus with yeah. you. Yes. I, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's another passage that's kind of in my head in terms of framework. Like what, you know, how do we, how do we mm-hmm. kind of just put, you know, bookends on this idea of, of discipleship. And then the third passage uh, I kind of have rolling around in my head is uh, Hebrews 13, uh, 21. And I'll read verse 20 just for context. Uh, Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, verse 21, equip you with everything good mm-hmm. that you may do his will, working in us that which is mm-hmm. pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Mm. Amen. Mm -hmm. So in this one, not only do we see where, okay, well, I need to be in the word. So I'm learning some things about God and his Mm -hmm. ways. I am internalizing those things in my heart and I'm able to share them with others. Mm -hmm. As someone being discipled, I need to follow the example of people who are doing that. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, that um, I need to trust that God himself is equipping me with mm-hmm. everything good that mm-hmm. I need uh, to do his will, mm-hmm. that he's working in me what is pleasing to him. So yeah. in effect, I'm not leaning on this person who's discipling on. me. I'm leaning on the Lord and I'm trusting him to, you know what? I might meet with a sister for, I don't know, months. Mm-hmm. And just like, what are we doing? Like, we're just sitting here having a conversation. I'm not really knowing, you know, the effect of our time together, but I have to trust that um, that the Lord is helping us to do spiritual good to one another. Yeah. Um, so one quick example I have of that is I remember years ago, I and this has happened several times in my Christian life. I don't know why the Lord is writing my story this way, but it is what it is. But I to this point, I have asked. Uh, <laughs> I have asked at three key points in my life, uh, women to disciple me. And they all said no. Mm. And so, Oh my goodness. I, I know. So <laughs> that's wow. another story for another day. But mm-hmm. needless to say, this particular time mm-hmm. I asked this woman, y'all, is she is just living her <laughs> whole Christian life. <laughs> she is so like, you know, the kind of person that you look at them and you just, it's like spirit is just oozing out. Yeah, like yeah, she is just yeah. spirit filled. Mm-hmm. You know, she's sweet. She's godly. She's not quarrelsome. She loves her husband, her mm. boys. She just like serves like nobody's business. She's in chronic pain all the time, but you mm-hmm. never hardly know it. Mm-hmm. Not that she's hiding it, mm-hmm. but just that, you know, she's just, I don't know. The Lord has given her strength mm-hmm. uh, to persevere in, in difficulty. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I asked her if she discipled me. My son was a baby. And, and she had two adultish boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the relationship she has with her boys. Mm-hmm. I really want her to mm-hmm. disciple me. And she said, oh, no, no, no. My husband was the pastor at the time. And she just had this thing about, I can't disciple the pastor's wife. And I'm like, honey, I put my <laughs> shoes on, you know, one shoe at yeah. a time. Yes, like yes. 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 Um, trust me, I have yeah. lots of sin to share. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, anyway, so she kind of had a thing about that. And I could tell she was really nervous about it. And I was like, okay, well, how about, um, you know, can I just come over, you know, every couple of weeks and just have lunch with you? My son can come and play. You know, she had a nice little play area and we just hang out. And she said, sure. Now, the reason why I asked her is because whenever I would talk to her after church, she would say something to me about her boys or about my Mm. son. And it was almost like a passing comment 
but the Lord would just use the most mundane statement. I know what you're talking about. The minister to my heart. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. Like I be wanting to leave church crying because I'm like, <laughs> that was a whole word. And she was just saying, hey, how y'all doing? Yes. You know, like, <laughs> yes. People like that. Yeah. Yes, and ma'am. So, she was that kind of woman. So I was like, I don't even care. Like, I we don't even have to do no kind of Bible reading or nothing. Just let me sit okay. at your feet, have some lunch. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to give me a word. Don't and that would happen. And mm-hmm. so I guess that's part of what I'm saying is that she didn't think she had anything to give. Mm. But every time I was in her presence, I was just learning so much about, mm-hmm. you know, being a wife, being a mom, being a mom of a little boy. Mm-hmm. And we were just having lunch. So from her perspective, it was, mm-hmm. you know. I'm serving her this lunch, but from my perspective, the Lord was equipping me with mm-hmm. everything good that I needed to do his will, you mm-hmm. know, as, you know, a mom to this new little baby mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's making sense, but this yes. is kind of these are the pieces that I think make for um just a good biblical framework for how we think about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. And I I think we're already hearing the common threads through this series of like relationship of prayer is prayer being essential, Mm -hmm. you know, um, prayer being essential and that sharing the home. Yeah. Sharing the home, bringing someone in this, you were, you were um, articulating um, this uh, deliberate uh, practice, this intentionality Mm -hmm. and take to take people under your wing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And even as you were talking, you can, with, with the example that you provided, there was just such a humility from the disciple as, Mm -hmm. as well as like the posture of humility from the discipler as well to say like, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's, it's taking some, some framing, I Mm -hmm. think, you know, Mm -hmm. some shape for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 And, I, I, yeah. I, and the fact that you said the first several sort of encounters or asks of women to disciple you that they said no, I think that first of all, can we just crack that open of like, what do you, <laughs> like, what do you think are the reasons yeah. that most urban women will say no? Like, I don't think I'm that person for you. Yeah. I mean, urban women, any other woman, I think most people say no because they don't think that they have anything to give Mm -hmm. and they forget that it's not you, but it's Christ living Mm -hmm. in you who's doing the work. Mm -hmm. And you're just, you know, you're just a vessel being used by God in that moment. So I think one, people feel like um, they don't have anything to offer or they're fearful. They think I need to know, I need to, I don't know enough. I, you know, mm-hmm. I need to, I don't even know the books of the Bible. I don't even know, yeah. you know, all these, you know, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know all the, haven't read all the new Old Testament or something. Like, so yeah. they think that I have to have a certain body of knowledge mm-hmm. in order to be able to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fear built up. And I think another really huge one that contributes to those to to that kind of thinking is that there's very little discipleship of women in the church from the pastor. Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. we talk about Titus 2, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be Titus 2. Come on. We start with Titus 2 where it says like the older women are to teach, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. But we forget Titus Titus verse the first verse. You better come on and teach uh, Titus. Hold on, let me go to it. But yes, we do forget this. And I think it's really important that the the responsibility. So if you say, where does the responsibility for discipleship in the local church rest? Where does the discipleship of women in the local church rest? Most people would say what? Older Older women. women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does Titus 2 say? Mm -hmm. But as for you, who? Titus, you, Mm -hmm. Pastor T, Mm -hmm. Pastor Mm -hmm. Titus, teach what accords with sound, sound doctrine, doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yep. right? Mm-hmm. So yep. teach who? Teach older men. Teach who? Teach older How are the older women going to learn Come if on. they're not being taught by the pastor? So a lot of times, particularly in contexts that are more complementarian, mm-hmm. that um, you don't see a lot of women in leadership and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. a lot of 
the the um, discipleship that happens in the church is pastors trying to raise up other pastors and deacons and mm. other men for leadership, and you forget a whole have to lay me church. out. <laughs> yeah, you have to lay me out. The, you said it. The whole me, half of the church. The whole half. Of the and, church. If, and if you or in the black context, or more, if you in the yeah, black context, that's about seventy-five percent. Right. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So the, the responsibility for discipleship of women in the local church really does rest with the pastor. He's mm. charged by God to teach what accords with sound doctrine to yeah. every member of the church. Mm-hmm. What that looks like in terms of specificity for women can be very different. Yeah. But I do think it's the pastor's role. Yeah. So and, and, you know, I know several churches do all kinds of ways. I'll just use our church as an example. So for mm-hmm. example, we're a church plant as well. Mm-hmm. And so when our pastors started the church, rather than um, jumping right into, you know, um, uh, a Timothy group, you know, for discipling men, mm-hmm. they started a Titus two group for women. So our first small group mm-hmm. led by the pastors was a Titus two group. Mm-hmm. And so even though we're pretty young, they gathered uh, some of the older women in our church and they just started pouring into us every month. And so every Essential. month we read three books to get like we're, we're reading three books at one time. So we read a book on doctrine, a book on discipleship and a book that's more devotional in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so devotional discipleship doctrine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, we cho- choose a book and then we discuss one chapter from each of those books every month. Mm-hmm. So all of our pastors come. Can we talk about how, as older women, we feel so seen by mm-hmm. our pastors? Yeah. And we are heard. Like all of our pastors come. They mm-hmm. all participate in, you know, discussing these books with us. They're reading books written by women that they probably wouldn't normally read. So even the books that we're reading are books that are written by women. Uh, Because we're in an urban context, we're also reading books by women of color. And we're bringing that into the conversation. And even if it's not a book by a woman of color, we're thinking, we're asking questions like, how do we apply this to our context? context. That's it. And then then here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Then the pastor's saying, now, as older women, mm-hmm. what are you seeing are the needs in our mm-hmm. local church? And how can mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. as older women, you know, come alongside some of the younger women in mm. our church to help them in these particular areas? Mm-hmm. And it gives the pastors a lens into yes. a broader ministry of what's yes. among women in the church. They yes. Figure that out among yes. five pastors. Yes. We have five pastors and a whole, you know, 12 or so women. Yes. We're all discipling yeah. other women. Yes. And so you just have, you, you, for the pastor, it's only to his benefit mm-hmm. as a pastor to have an engagement, something like this, so that he knows what's happening. That's it. Because right. otherwise, you know what, what, how the pastor finds out what's happening with women? Mm-hmm. He only finds out about trouble. That's you it. You're hearing about tension, you strife. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he only putting out fires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's only putting out fires. Mm-hmm. So you're not really tapping into the broader needs of the women mm-hmm. in the church because all you're doing is hearing problems. And that's why pastors don't like to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. doing things with quote unquote women because you, they haven't discipled them, so yeah. and they feel and it feels overwhelming to always come be on. dealing with issues as opposed mm-hmm. to equipping you know, on the front end. Yeah. On the front end. Proactive. Yeah. They, yeah. They, right? Your pastor this is, is the, being proactive. Yeah. Yes, this is the front lines of ministry. Right. right? The front right. lines of ministry isn't pastor down. The front lines of ministry is the pew up. Yes. Right. And so you have to equip the pew. Um, so that we can help yes. on the front lines. Yes. That's going to make your job easy. Come yeah, on pastor, now. Whoever's listening to here on there, <laughs> if you're a, a pastor, y'all better. This is like, yeah. this is for your benefit. Yeah. This, this is, is for your benefit. Point. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking um, about really creating like a healthy church, right? From you're talking the, about the groundwork. Ground yes. ground the groundwork of, of building healthy church context yeah. so that healthy discipleship can happen, so that healthy church growth can happen. Yeah. So that I mean, healthy relationships mm-hmm. can happen. But here's the thing. It's intuitive. Ooh. When it comes to men, like this is what they do with men, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 disciple, they meet one-on-one with men, they mm-hmm. have, you know, lunches with them, they read mm-hmm. books together, you know, they hear mm-hmm. what's going on in their lives. And mm-hmm. the other, like, 
it's intuitive with that. And I'm not saying, you know, so I just think there has to be some context of mimicking that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. discipleship and development, you know, spiritual formation that's particular mm-hmm. to women in the church. So, yeah, yeah. That, I'm gonna get off the soapbox, but no, that's you, that you that. not on no soapbox, honey. <laughs> Sister Chris, you're right on yeah. track. You're right on track. Right. Right on track. <laughs> you are. You are right on yeah. track. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Yeah, so I don't even, I forgot what the question was. Well, but. no, you. I think I think I have another question. I mean, Wonderful. she is dropping yeah. just straight gems. Oh. I mean, the Holy Spirit is using her wisdom of <laughs> God. Hey. But I, I, I do have this question, though, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you were talking about as you as your pastor is sort of coming alongside, you all are having these conversations, then you find out what the needs are. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good um, if you could sort of share. I mean, of course, every context is different, but there are some things um, in the urban context that are are rather general in, in urban con- context. So where do you mm-hmm. see um, the needs uh, that are most relevant in the urban context that can be addressed through discipleship? Can you speak to that? Uh, so when you say need, you mean what are needs that women have yes. that can be addressed what? through discipleship? Yes. I mm-hmm. mean, any, but <laughs> I think some, um, and we've said it, and it's 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 almost catch, it's almost like a catch word or something now. It's, you know, um, you know, kind of colloquial. I don't know. We We use this phrasing a lot, but I do think it's a true need that we need to help the biggest need, I think, is that women need to see themselves in the scriptures and we need to um, not only not see themselves in the scripture, we need to show them mm-hmm. themselves in the scripture. So, oh, yes, ma'am. like I remember, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, mm. I uh, posted on Twitter and it was just like I was in my quiet time and it's just like. Um, being blessed by reading about certain women in the in the scriptures, and I tweeted one morning like all the women in the Bible are women of color, right? And I was like, yes, cosine. That just is what it is. Facts. But so That's many just... people, right? So many people are like, really? Like how? And I'm like, ain't no white people in the Bible. There was no Western nothing nah. in there. Like the closest you're gonna get is Rome, right? But still, right? Yeah, um, right. right. I wouldn't call them white in the sense mm-hmm. that of of how we use it, at least in the American context, right? Right? You know? right. right? Yeah. So, uh, but all the all the all, not even all the women, all the people in the Bible mm-hmm. are people of color. Mm-hmm. And when I, so when I say that we need to show women themselves in the pages, mm-hmm. we need to show, you know, um, Esther, not merely as now you've seen the movies on Esther and Come you've on. seen you've pictures of Ruth and you, mm-hmm. you've seen mm-hmm. pictures of, you know, all Mary even and mm-hmm. all these people and they don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Come on now. And I'm not saying they should look exactly like us, mm-hmm. but they also should look like them. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Let's so have an accurate depiction. Let's have an accurate depiction. So I think part of the problem is, you know, we um, we play down um, pain. We play down marginalization. Mm-hmm. We play down yeah. um, abuse. And in our context, there are women who are really Ooh. right now in the midst of very traumatic abusive yes ma'am situations and they need to be able to see in the pages of scripture that you know that that woman didn't just emerge with my me and my issue 
that right. she was right here in the on the page and that God speaks to her mm-hmm. um, and that the Lord uh he is orchestrating sovereignly mm-hmm. her life to bring himself glory mm-hmm. to bring light to the glories of Christ through this woman's life mm-hmm. you know so I think there's you know I'm, I'm this is this is kind of like big picture yeah need, right mm-hmm. so I think that's the basic need is like we don't even know that we're in the book like we yeah. think that mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. are kind of tangential mm-hmm. um to the pages of scripture maybe god doesn't exactly speak to it but if i squint mm-hmm. my eye and look sideways like maybe i can see myself mm-hmm. like notice this you're in here <laughs> like mm-hmm. the lord has not left you out he's not forgotten yes. you he hears you he sees you yes. he designed this book to speak directly to your needs yes. now let me show you where like yes. let's open the book and let me show you um, yes. how the lord speaks to he you know i'm not saying like every single problem or issue is addressed in the pages of scripture, but I just mm-hmm. mean principially. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that um, then whatever our needs are, that Christ has already satisfied mm-hmm. the requirements mm-hmm. of God so that uh, now our need is, is, uh, is met. Our needs are met through Christ. Mm-hmm. So temporally. Yes. We're going to have troubles, <laughs> But um, Christ is the great, great equalizer, and mm-hmm. he has um, seen fit in his life and in his death and in his resurrection um, to promise that mm-hmm. one day all things will be made new. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Trouble don't last always. Come on now. Be like this, right? And so mm-hmm. we need to be reminded that in this world, mm-hmm. you will have trouble. Trials. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Christ has overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So this is these are the kinds of things that I think we need as Christian women in an urban context is not to say, hey, sis, yeah. it's not that bad. It's okay. You know, like, no, my son just got killed on the street. You know, come on now. A couple of weeks ago. And I can't minimize that. You, know, you, can't you can't minimize that. that. You can't. And you can't erase it. Come you on. To say yes. This is horrible. Um, mm-hmm. And and we also have to point her to the glories of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And the promise yes. of eternity that he yes. offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just last yeah. week, we were um, we were in church sharing some stories from the streets with individuals that um, have been in homelessness or seasons of homelessness. And this one story was this guy like just recounting how he became homeless at the age of sixteen, and you know, just seeing the gr- like seeing the grief as he was he had to be separated from his mother mm-hmm. because the women were in one place mm-hmm. and the men were in another, mm-hmm. and he just sort of recounted like his journey of crying out to the Lord and just being like, no mother should be grieved that way to be separated from her son and Mm -hmm. think he probably won't make it until 20. He'll Mm -hmm. either be incarcerated or dead. Mm -hmm. And my heart was so moved, right? Because in scripture we see, right? Right. The mothers who who mourn and grieve for their their young sons who perish in the streets. I'm like, these are the things that if you really look at scripture, you see and then can speak what you're saying Speaking yeah. to the needs of of how to encourage those women with hope, like the Lord sees, right. He knows, yes. He yes. knew from the beginning, yes. yeah. and your problems are not new and not in sort of a dismissive way, but yes. in a comforting right. way. A like comfort. come to the Lord, mm-hmm. who knows. Yes. And yeah, man, that is yeah, that is the genocide of little boys of color. I know it, they're in the pages of the, of the scriptures. They are. You know, mother's grief from having yeah. their sn- sons snatched from their arms. Woo, come like, on. This is in the pages of scriptures. We're not making this stuff up. Yes. Uh, but I, but again, we just, you know, outside of, you know, I, I just think it's, it's, we don't do a service to our communities mm-hmm. when um, we don't show them these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I have these little uh, kids, well, they used to come to my house a lot before COVID, but, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, sharing with them, think they, they have very little Bible knowledge, very little, you know, background in the word. And I share stories with them from the scriptures and they are just amazed. They, they're hungry for it. Mm. So not only do we have this opportunity to share, but we have a hurting world that is hungry for it. Like they mm-hmm. want to have, they want that sense of hope and they want, you know, some answers and if we can offer that to them, like that, 
that's what we need to do in our Christian mm-hmm. discipleship. So those are some, but there's things like, I don't know. I, I mean, we can talk about specific needs a lot. We can talk about, like I said, like trauma, abuse, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. those kinds of things um, and resources that probably still need to be developed to speak mm-hmm. specifically to those situations. We have, um, you know, issues where, um, uh, you know, grandmas are having to, or, or aunties are having to raise yeah. their mm-hmm. grandchildren or their nieces and nephews. And how do we come alongside them, mm-hmm. you know, in our Christian discipleship to, um, yeah, just to help them, you mm-hmm. know, walk alongside those children or walk alongside with the parent who's not mm-hmm. able to care for them at the moment. I mean, this is, this is history. I mean, so many in our context are living through this every day, especially now mm-hmm. where parents are having strange work situations and children are having to be at home more so than they would have and Mm -hmm. you know if you got to go to Burger King you have to go to Burger King so where's my child gonna go my child's gonna go to an auntie or a cousin Mm -hmm. or a grandma or someone and how do we come alongside them Mm -hmm. uh, to help them as they're trying to you know you know raise children that are not their own how do we come alongside that parent that's to leave their child every day in the hands of someone else who's not their parent you know so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things like that um whether you're talking about outreach related or even within the church mm-hmm. um, that I think are, are big needs that uh, we have in our communities. Mm. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like gleaning. I'm gleaning. Speechless. Yes. And, and, you know, I think the big challenge is, is we oftentimes yeah. we're like, okay, we see a problem. What's the solution? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just think um, we need to, I don't want to say this, we need to be better interpreters of our context mm-hmm. um, and doing justice to the scriptures in showing a connection mm-hmm. between you know mm-hmm. what we see mm-hmm. and what the word says. So I just think a lot of the resources a lot of times the challenge is trying, we can't meet the need because we don't know how scripture speaks to it. And there's not really resources that help us. So we really need yes. better resources that yes. help us interpret yes. our modern day yeah. situations in light of scripture, right? Like that's what good exegesis and hermeneutics does, right? Like right. You, you rightly divide the word of truth. I mm-hmm. want to know, okay, what is this text saying and how would the people who were first receiving this word, how would they have received it? Mm-hmm. And then when I know, I want to know, okay, now if I, if I figure that out, now I fi- need to figure out now, how do I bring it forward to today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it's that part mm-hmm. that we need. Which a is lot already of- like such a challenge because a lot of times the teaching that we hear is sort of missing a lot of how yeah. those yeah. In the original context heard it. Yeah. Because if you yeah. don't frame it in the cultural and ethnic context, text in scripture, mm-hmm. then you miss right. a whole part of that that helps you to take that yeah. leap is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yes. And I'm all, you know, I'm also saying, okay, I, let me see how to say this. We have to be careful when we're listening to popular teachers. Mm-hmm. We need to be careful in how we listen. Uh, so uh, my, my husband, shameless plug, wrote a book called um, um, How to Be a Healthy Church Member. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says in there is not only do we need to listen to good um, kind of exegetical preaching, but we need to be we need to be listeners like that. We need to mm-hmm. be good listeners to the word of God. And mm-hmm. I think we need to be careful that we're not importing someone else's context mm-hmm. into our own right. and trying to apply mm-hmm. scripture from someone else's vantage point. Do you know what I'm saying? So yes. like, if I read something and it says, you know, I'm, you know, you know, I'm a soccer mom, which I am a soccer mom, but <laughs> you know, I'm a soccer mom, have my minivan. We, you know, go to all these things on the mm-hmm. weekend and, oh yeah, by the way, in the summer, my family gets together and we all go to our, our beach house, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Ocean City, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine that life. I don't live that life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not a part of my story, mm-hmm. but if you explain it to me enough, I can kind of imagine that. Yeah. But if you say, oh, this weekend we're going to uncle Jimmy's house and we got a space tournament going on. Oh, I'm hundred <laughs> percent. 
in there. <laughs> quite right? familiar. <laughs> right. Quite familiar. Like I can fully enter in that world. I don't have to imagine it. I yeah. live that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think we have to be mm-hmm. careful in how yeah. we listen that mm-hmm. we're not importing someone else's. Does it, does, am I yes, ma'am. Am can I, I give you a, can I give you an example? Cultural context yes. and right. trying to put our lives on top of it. Right. Can, That's not how that works. Yes. Right. Can I, can I give you an example? Because, yes, and I have please. to share this because, yeah. you know, um, many women that I have walked with who are women of color, they have tried to fit into this yeah. context, yeah. specifically yes. when they read Titus 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what they yes. have seen in imagery is, mm-hmm. no, I'm supposed to be working at home and I'm supposed to be this, right. uh, you, you know. So yes, those things are true, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does not literally say you are supposed to be a stay-at-home a mom. Stay at home mom. Okay. Do it, you know, fill in the Raise blank. your hand if your mom did work outside the home, but she still Move worked at home. Hands are raised. She all was hands a are raised, y'all. at home. All my our mom, hands are raised. Hey, all let, yes, all, all our hands are raised. Yeah. Right. My mom worked outside the home every day until she retired, Come but on. she was a worker at home. At home. We were oh. fed. We were clothed. We were taught. We were trained. We were disciplined. You know, framework. all the things. Give my the mom didn't minimize or lose or like she didn't she didn't back away right. from any of her her responsibilities as a wife and a mother mm-hmm. because she worked outside the home. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I'm taking your example, but no, you are hitting yes, exactly. you are hitting on the mark. And I think for because of that, many women of color will disqualify themselves and say, "Well, True. no, I can't mm-hmm. be because I'm not doing that." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wait a minute, that mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. even in the text." Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, Sister Christy, you are making. That yeah. that example yeah. is so spot on. Yeah. You know, yeah. what you're yeah. saying is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm just saying, the word is, be careful. Be careful how yeah. you yeah. listen. Be careful yeah. how yes. you listen. Right. That, yeah, listen, it's fine. I'm not saying don't, you know, yeah. you know, like you can't learn from someone that's outside your context. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying put the right framework on it. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. That you're not sort of taking on culture as well as sort of the biblical right. principles right. as well. Right, And, and making Absolutely. it all biblical principles. Right, that's right. right. Not. Exactly. Some of it is just culture. It's just culture. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to be good, yeah, so we just have to be discerning in that and knowing like what does say of the Lord mm-hmm. and what does say at your background. <laughs> yeah, and, and which I also think is so necessary when you're talking about this conversation around discipleship and rooting women in the word, right? Because if you're not rooted in the word and you're meeting with someone who's just giving you advice, I mean, mm-hmm. it's useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's a bit, I don't want to say that it's useless because it could be helpful, but because it it does not have the meat and bones of God's word on it. It's it's sort of like the scriptural text that says like when the trials come as though things can get choked out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, instead of yeah. rooting someone in the word. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what no, I'm thinking. I'm glad that you said that. I, I, Cause I, here's another thing I want to just kind of encourage that you, we all learn from people who are outside of our context. We mm-hmm. do it every day in all kinds of situations, right? right? So I'm not also making an argument for only receive discipleship from people who look like you. Right, I'm not saying right. that. But you do want to be careful about uh, dis- receiving discipleship from someone who is not willing to enter into your world. Mm. So we don't have to be from the same background. We're not going to be from the same background. Mm-hmm. You know, the three of us are from totally different backgrounds. Yes, ma'am. That's beauty. That's diversity. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord means for us to be united around those differences. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I need to be able to um, enter into that world with you, like sit there and mm-hmm. enter that world with you and have some level of empathy so that now as we're, you know, talking and as I'm trying to disciple, um, yeah, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to force a framework on you that's mm-hmm. that's not yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're a military wife, I'm sorry, I've never been a military wife. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't, I don't know that world. Mm-hmm. But if you share your story with me, I am going to do my best to 
sit in that space with you Mm -hmm. to feel what you feel when your husband is deployed for 18 months and you have Mm -hmm. to raise your baby by yourself and Mm -hmm. try to build community like that. Like, I think we have to go there with sisters Mm -hmm. and, and figure out how we can love and support um, and encourage one another. Um, And even continue allowing, how do I help this woman continue to equip herself when she's maybe overwhelmed with being a single parent while Mm -hmm. her husband's deployed or whatever, you know? So just an example, like, um, that's a part of discipleship too. How do I encourage and equip this sister in her space mm-hmm. and, um, you know, value and support, uh, you know, the, the, the particular situation that she's in. Yeah. Which is, which is to me, um, so it's just so on point because the discipler is modeling listening, right? If you're asking, yeah. if the discipler is asking for, you know, um, this disciple to listen, they're also listening to them and understanding their story so Mm -hmm. that they can be led by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures to Mm -hmm. communicate what will equip them for their everyday life. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 And then at the end of the day, even if we're coming from two totally different vantage points, two totally different cultural backgrounds or whatever, remember John 15, 1515, it's Mm -hmm. everything that I've learned from my father I'm passing on to you. Mm -hmm. Not everything that I've learned from my history, not everything that I've learned from my background, from my upbringing, not everything that I've learned from my pastor, not everything that I've learned from the theology books and commentaries, none of that. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've learned from my father, Mm -hmm. down in the pages of Holy Scripture, Yep, that's what I'm going to pass on to you. Mm-hmm. You can't go yeah. wrong that way, right? You like, cannot. You can't go wrong with mm-hmm. some of the contextual stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. You know, I know women who have never been married. They're in their 50s and 60s. They've discipled me so much as a wife and a mom, even though they've never been a wife or a mom. Why? <laughs> because what they've learned from the Father, oh, weird, through the yeah. pages of Scripture, mm-hmm. that's what they're passing on to mm-hmm. me. That's a yeah. far greater value, mm. um, you know, than, you know, some of the other more more cultural dynamics that we often import um, yeah. into the Scriptures. What book, we're, we're getting close to time, but what mm-hmm. book of the Bible would you recommend a discipler to start with? When when um, starting a discipleship relationship, would you would you recommend one or are you, would you? Yeah. What would you? Uh, oh, it's hard to choose one. So I'll give options. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give one. I'll give one. So I think one good book to start uh, if someone is wanting to disciple someone else, it's called The Walk. And the author, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but it's called The Walk. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good kind of primer on Christian discipleship and what it means to walk with uh, the Lord as a new, this is, I would say maybe for a new, but like if you're discipling someone who's maybe a newer, newer believer, mm-hmm. uh, but it goes through the books of Mark and Romans, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's a very easy to read, easy to follow, study questions at the end of each chapter Mm -hmm. kind of book. It gets you in the word with the person that you're discipling um, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to figure things out on your own. It's kind of Mm prepackaged book that I would say. Um, If you're thinking about what discipleship looks like, Mm -hmm. there's a book. Okay. It's called, the book is called Women's Ministry in the Local Church. But there's a chapter in that book where I was privileged to co-write with the woman I mentioned at the beginning, Susan Hunt. Mm -hmm. She is like, I don't even know. She's like a a sage in the faith, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, she is. Okay, y'all know Susan Hunt, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we co-wrote a chapter that was on um, um, older women teaching younger women. Mm -hmm. So I would say read that chapter as well, because maybe it'll be helpful in thinking about what that dynamic um, of older teaching younger could look mm-hmm. like, uh, kind of going back to my little, you know, mm-hmm. kind of tangent at the beginning, talking about the value of older women uh, mm-hmm. teaching younger. Um, yeah, those would be two that I would that I would start off with. And then I mentioned Mark Dever's book, Discipling, just mm-hmm. for your own growth and development and understanding discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you I was only going to do one, but here it is. We're at four. And then... <laughs> 
The last one we is love called it. Ment- Sorry, <laughs> lean in. <laughs> it's called Mentor for Life. This book mm-hmm. is written by a woman of color, Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. She's mm-hmm. a dear sister in the Lord. She's godly. Mm-hmm. She's wise. And she does a lot of work in her own ministry on mentoring, discipleship, whatever you call it. And it's very good. And there's even chapters that include um, uh, chapters that focus on embracing unity and diversity and things mm. like that when it comes to discipleship. So um, those would be the ones that I would recommend. Yes. Man, we got some stuff to dig into after this. I know. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, would you leave us with one piece of wisdom that you would like to give to the listeners in regards to discipleship? Like if you were to sort of leave one nugget of wisdom, the Lord's wisdom, what he's instilled in you through your journey in discipling and also being discipled, what would that wisdom be for our listeners? Uh, I think I would say... um, don't say no mm. to the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when if He places someone on your heart mm-hmm. and you feel like the Spirit is kind of prompting you to reach out to someone, either you know with an intention towards discipling them or with an intention towards receiving, you know, being discipled by them, mm-hmm. uh, just don't say no. Like, be willing to lean in to ask the hard question mm-hmm. to. Don't don't use the word discipleship. It's gonna freak somebody out, right? right like you right. don't have to say, "Will you disciple me?" Or I right, like you said, you, you were like, "Let me just let me just I come to your house." Tell someone like, "Let me disciple." I want to disciple you. That's just me personally. I'm more relational and like to build friendships. But mm-hmm. I might say, "Hey, I'm making banana bread. You want to come have some with me? Hang out mm-hmm. at the house." You know, like I kind of start off building a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think I would just say, don't say no to the Lord. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. for most people, the Lord places somebody on your heart that you just want to get to know. Mm-hmm. And who knows whether the Lord might have you get to know this person for the purpose of um, receiving or giving discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And then trust him with that. What happened in my situation with the women who said no to me, I was heartbroken. I mean, like my husband can tell you, I cried in the car mm-hmm. on the way home. Like just, you know, it just, it because I knew I needed help. I yeah. Could, I, you know, I, I knew I did, can't live the Christian life by myself. I know I'm not alone. I have the yeah. Lord, I have the spirit, I have my husband, I have church, but I needed that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And when they said no, I felt like the Lord opened the door for me to say yes. And mm-hmm. so I just made a vow to the Lord in that season and was like, Lord, if you ever bring someone to me who asked me to disciple them, I will find a way to say yes. I will not mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. So whether that's like meeting up one-on-one once a month or twice a month or once mm-hmm. a quarter, whatever it is, mm-hmm. asking the Lord to show me the time and the space um, that I can use to spend with them. And I mm-hmm. might have to say no to some other things to make mm-hmm. that happen, but um, not saying no to the Lord, because this is, this this is the means. Like what we're trying to do, we're trying to get ready for heaven. We're mm-hmm. trying. We're trying to. Okay, we talked about Titus two, mm-hmm. right? That the and but look at the end of chapter two, where the grace of the Lord has appeared, and even mm-hmm. now He's teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly mm-hmm. passions, and to live upright and godly mm-hmm. lives in this present age. Why? While we wait for mm-hmm. the appearing of our great God and Savior yes, Jesus Christ. So. We're waiting for the end to come. But until that time, the mm-hmm. Lord is preparing a bride. He's perfecting that bride. Mm-hmm. That bride he's coming for is unblemished. Mm-hmm. And the way that happens is not that we're going to be perfect in this life, but we need to be sharing the good news of the gospel so mm-hmm. that um, when God sees us, he sees us through the, per- the perfection of Christ and what mm-hmm. he's accomplished on our behalf. Yeah. So yeah. this mm-hmm. discipleship is not just like, Oh, you do it if you want to. You do it if you don't. No, this is Matthew 28. We're all called to be disciples. We're called to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And this is our job. This is our number one job description from Mm -hmm. now until Christ comes. We don't have, it's not a choice. It's a command from the Lord. So we just need to embrace it. Yes, Lean into it. Don't say no. Say yes. 
and then mm-hmm. ask the Lord for the the grace and the means and the wisdom about how to make it work in your life. Mm-hmm. So that was, maybe that wasn't one thing, but that's what I would say. And I hope that Listen, it's an encouragement. It is. Folks, it is. It Y'all is. can do it. We it can is. do it. Look, it is. We want the Lord to come on back here. Yeah, and I know so that's right. The more that we share this good news right. and get it to the far reaches of the earth, yes. like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's our job. And yes. uh, so, amen to that. Amen to yes. that. Well, this has been such an encouraging time. I mean, I know for sure that I got some, I got some business to do with the Lord after this, (laughs) as far as what he's calling me to and and us to. So thank you. We we would love it if you would pray for us um, and pray for the listeners as well now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would love that. Uh, Lord, you are good and you do good. We thank you, Father, uh, that as our good, good Father, you have called us, Lord, out of darkness into your marvelous light so that we might show forth the glories of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the means that you've left us here on this earth to do that, Lord, that we are to be making disciples and growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, until he comes. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, make us faithful. Make us bold witnesses for you. Uh, Give us courage, Lord, to call that sister or to text that sister and to to ask her if we can meet up for for coffee or for lunch or can come by the house and help get the kids ready for bed, whatever it is, Lord. Show us um, what you want us to do to take that first step and Mm -hmm. then help us to trust you, Lord, to trust Mm -hmm. that it is you who is going to equip us with everything Mm -hmm. good that we need doing your will. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you so much for um, Leah and Toshiba and the work that they're doing here with the Urban Christian Woman. I thank you for every listener, Mm -hmm. Lord, and um, all that these women have going on in their lives. I pray that you would meet them where they are, that Mm -hmm. you would show them who you are, And that by showing them, Lord, that we would fall more and more in love with our Lord and Savior, Mm -hmm. that we would be more uh, faithful, faithful, devoted followers um, of the Lord. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you and ask that you would would help us be our helper. And I pray Mm -hmm. this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you. Hey, ladies, thanks so much for being a part of the conversation with Sister Christy, Leah, and I today. We pray that it encouraged you and that you um, are being equipped uh, with resources for your everyday life in the urban context. You can connect with Sister Christy on social media through IG at our handle, Christy Anyabwile, or you can catch her on Twitter at her handle, K Anyabwile. We would also love for you to support Sister Christy in this wonderful resource that she authored, His Testimonies, My Heritage, Women of Color on the Word of God, along with so many other women in the faith. Ladies, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you next Tuesday in our conversation with Sister Karen Ellis on cross-generational discipleship. Blessings. Blessings.